Welcome to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. I'm Jamison Coughlin, editor of LNG Insight, which provides subscribers with North American LNG news and pricing, plus key European and Asian fundamentals. Today, I'm joined by Tim Mendelson, CEO of Spark Commodities. Uh, welcome, Tim. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jameson. Appreciate the time. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the LNG market. There's certainly no shortage of news out there, but uh, you know we're mainly going to focus on Europe. And the shipping market in particular, all the cargoes that are landing on the continent and what this is doing to both gas prices and freight rates as well. Um, but, you know, before we get into things and sort of take a high level view, Tim, can you tell us a little bit about Spark and, and what exactly it is that the company does? Sure. So Spark was set up uh, three years ago now. We've got three big shareholders, so Kepler, EEX and ICE. And the goal is really to help the market understand price uh, and give more transparency on critical parts of the LNG ecosystem. So we started with freight. That was our, our, our main kind of initial push. And then more recently, since early in 2021, uh, we've pushed into European cargo pricing on LNG. So it's kind of really focused on, on as LNG becomes more critical in the transition how do we give people more insight uh, than the traditional alternatives? So it's, uh, it's it's been a very busy but but exciting three years. Okay, okay. Then the then right guy for today's podcast, I, I think. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's no secret that Europe has been a top destination for LNG this year. Mm. Um, you know, as Russia has sort of limited deliveries to the continent and, and governments look to diversify supplies. Gas prices in Europe, you know, have hit records and LNG has flooded the continent as a result. But uh, there's a disconnect between, you know, LNG landing at ports and pipeline hubs like TTF. So I think that Spark started to assess that differential this year. Is that right? Uh, it's actually, we started back in 2021, in March 2021. Okay, perfect. I wanted to make sure that I had that correct. So can you tell me um, why it was uh, that you made the decision to, to start doing that? Sure. So, so I think the key bit is you have to understand that LNG does not equal TTF in terms of those prices. And so historically, that differential has been much smaller, so 20 or 30 cents. More recently, that differential is huge. Um, so currently, LNG, i.e. DES, so delivered X ship into Europe is 43% lower than TTF. So that's the critical bit. In terms of why we've done that differential and why we, why we focus on that assessment rather than an outright, it's because for us, the most critical point part we can do as a price reporting agency is focus on how align what we're doing with how the physical market trades. So the physical market trades, when we're talking to traders and other market participants, most of them will buy and sell at a premium or discount to TTF. So historically, we started focusing on that. Uh, that was, like I say, pretty range bound 20 or 30 cents. And more recently, that's, that's blown out significantly. TTF is really important as a kind of instrument and tool for the market to help manage their price risk on the LNG cargo exposure. Now our focus is on helping them understand that, that differential. But the key bit is also just to understand that LNG and TTF are not the same. 
So if we can combine TTF plus that differential, we can give hopefully a much better representation or, or fair value for delivered LNG to Europe. Okay, so you said 43% lower than TTF. Can you sort of walk me through, you know, what's driving that that steep steep discount? Sure. So, and, and the first thing I'd say is it's complicated. Easy comment to make, but it's super complicated at the moment. There's, there's clearly a huge number of factors that are impacting that. At a high level, I think the best way, in my head at least, to, to understand that is you've got your LNG supply and then you've got your gas pipe networks. The challenge you've got is this infrastructure that converts LNG to gas. So that we call them regasification terminals. And that in terms of that element of supply, that's been limited. So you, so the supply can come to Europe. The challenge is there's a bottleneck in terms of that terminal slot capacity. And therefore, you have a, a steep discount, which reflects the regasification cost and the lack of availability of those at those terminals to regas the LNG. So essentially turning it from LNG into gas. So that's where we're seeing that big discount because there's competition for those slots. The price of those slots increases and therefore, you see a big disconnect between TTF and, and, and LNG, which, which means that that basis or the differential has increased from that 20 or 30 cents I've mentioned. And as of last week, end of last week, it's more than $20. So it's a huge, huge increase in terms of the value of that regas capacity, uh, which reflects that, that bottleneck that exists currently. That's going to change, I think, as, as infrastructure is developed to support more LNG coming to Europe. But I think it's just important to understand that LNG was not expected to come in the volume that it now needs to come as, as the flows have shifted uh, and the Ukrainian situation evolves. But obviously that infrastructure is complicated, it takes time, and therefore you've got a big discount at the moment. Right, right. You said it was minus $20 thereabouts? Yeah, just just more than just over a $20 discount at the moment. Okay. Okay. And you, you kind of anticipated another question that I had for you. I mean, about whether or not, I mean, do, do you guys expect that, you know, these discounts will continue throughout the winter and into next year? Or, you know, will some of these, you know, FSRUs maybe help alleviate things? Or is that a, a different matter entirely? I mean, I think to your point around FSRUs is key. So those and their floating storage regasification units, essentially, they're kind of a part of the solution whilst more terminals are being developed we assess m plus one through to m plus 12 so 12 12 months out just so you're clear into you know for us the the quality of that data is critical so we work with over 10 of the kind of leading firms in the lng market to drive to form that price assessment at the moment they're thinking based on that those inputs it's going to be negative ten dollars up until at least february in October of next year, it's negative six. So clearly a big difference from the minus 20 we're seeing at the moment, but there's still relative to historical averages, a huge discount. So the implication is it's going to improve, but it's going to take time. It, it just reflects the limited slot availability and, and still that negative six discount. If you were to say that 12 months ago, that would have been seen as a very, very extreme market condition. It's just in the context of what we're seeing now, that seems like it's 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 an improvement, but it's still very very different to historical averages. Mm-hmm. That's I interesting. The, the only point I'd make is again easy to say, but a lot will be subject to a, a huge number of, of macro level factors, uh, and there are obviously a big num- amount of unknowns in terms of policy, in terms of directions that this 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 could take. 
Right. There's there's no shortage of, of variables right now. You know, when you say that you guys are assessing the market, you know, 12 months ahead, do you guys have any plans to go longer than that? Yeah, I think we'd love to. But I think for us, we want to build a, a price reporting agency where we can stand behind the numbers. I think any any PRA can, can publish a number. Uh, that's fine. But what we need to do is make sure that number is robust and, and is driven by the right inputs from the right market participants who have an understanding of fair value. For us, I think that 12-month period, we're comfortable and we've got some great support from the market on that. Further out, certainly we're in discussions to do that, but we're always going to favor data quality rather than data quantity. So it's just a, a, a kind of question of moving, really focusing on the quality and where we've got that quality to extend out rather than just artificially saying we've extended, make us feel great that we've got another number, but if we can't stand behind it, uh, there's less value to the market. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, that's a good answer. I mean, NGI is a PR as well. We assess the North American gas market and, you know, quality of numbers is, is absolutely important. That, that's a good segue, actually, for another question that I had for you, Tim. Um, you know, we've heard for a while now that TTF is probably not the best marker for, uh, you know, the LNG trade in Europe. And obviously, there are efforts underway to develop better benchmarks on the continent and elsewhere. Right now, though, you know, European governments are considering developing an LNG index given the disconnect with TTF. But, I mean, would, would that provide any immediate price relief? I mean, doesn't it take considerable time to, to develop a benchmark like this? I mean, w- what are your thoughts on, on, on this conversation right now? So I think, you know, my, my, in, in my capacity and, and Spark more generally, it's not for us to comment on policy. You know, there's a huge amount of factors that, that are driving that. But on the benchmark piece... Again, it, it's complicated, right? I mean, it's it's it's, it's you can say there's a, a new index, but in terms of the utility of that index, it's a function of adoption and does the market coalesce behind it, represent fair value, and therefore be useful as a as a tool to manage risk. There's a big difference between, like I said previously, creating a price and creating that number and actually having something that the market will trade relative to to an index. So. I think it's very complicated. I think it takes time to develop a benchmark. We, when I say we, I mean Spark and the people that work for Spark spend all day every day trying to develop benchmarks that the market trusts and making those numbers as robust as possible. That takes time. And so I think there's also, the it's got to be understood in that there is a disconnect to TTF for sure, but TTF is a critical part of the, of the tools in which people manage risk. So by us taking the TTF as a reference, but also accounting for the differential, we believe that combination of two products can help address some of the challenges that, that, that many buyers are facing at the moment. Okay. And, you know, maybe, maybe this question is, is one and the same. And, you know, if you, if you can't comment on it, that's, that's completely fine. But it, it, it kind of ties in with the previous question. I mean, what's your take on this natural gas price cap that's being discussed right now? I mean, that kind of seems like a bad idea at first blush. I mean, would it limit supplies? Can you comment on that at all? Yeah, I mean, again, it's tricky for me to comment on policy, but from a, a more conceptual basis, I think it's challenging for a number of reasons. I think the global nature of LNG means that you can you can input a, a price cap for Europe, but are you therefore uh, minimizing incentives for Europe for LNG so to move to Europe if Asia it has a cold winter and is therefore pulling more LNG in. So, so are you therefore limiting supply? I think there's also the kind of mechanics of how would a price cap work. So are you therefore going to reallocate? Someone has to pay for that in a global market. 
how are you reallocating that cost from the, the market to the institutions who are underwriting the price cap? That has challenges. And it feels to me that also the problem with the price cap is that may not be addressing the principle of, of, of the need to demand, to the, the, the demand destruction that needs to take place to limit the kind of inherent push on prices. So I can, again, policy will be what it, it needs to be, but, but I see a, a few challenges with that. Okay. Okay. I guess maybe now uh, I want to turn a little bit to the LNG shipping market, which is also very tight. We've seen some pretty high (laughs) headline rates. It's been a big part of the news lately. Very simple question. I mean, what's what's driving these high freight rates? I mean, I know that you and I have talked about this before, but, um, you know, can you walk uh, listeners through that a little bit? Sure. And and the brokers are are certainly good sources of information on this. But from a spark perspective, you know, we've had four records broken in the last seven days. You know, just to give you some numbers, we're we're touching nearly 400,000 a day. That's four times higher than it was just over a month ago. And that's about three months earlier than the previous records. Most of them take place in December, January, when demand is at its peak. This is happening, well, early October. So a lot is happening on the freight side. I think for me, the main reason for this is a reallocation of that tonnage, which would traditionally be held by your independent owners. I think because of the, the cargo situation and the need to secure tonnage to ensure that you can maximize your optionality when you've got cargos that have different options of where you can deliver them to, you found a big demand for, for securing vessels ahead of time for a longer period. So the transition has been from a vessel being available normally in the hands of independent owners, now in the hand of what would traditionally be a charterer. So if you're a charterer and you have tonnage available, you have to decide between the potential opportunity cost of not having a vessel available and therefore missing a cargo opportunity or chartering that vessel out into the market. And to, in order to justify the potential of missing a cargo opportunity, the number you have to charter out at is very, very high. So that's why I think you're seeing some very, very high rates the cargo opportunities are, are so great at the moment, given the price differentials between hubs, that it makes it very difficult to to actively subcharter, i.e., rent out your your vessel, and then the remaining vessels are sublets because all of the independent owners, I think, by and large, have sold out. So that's what's I think what's driving the rates. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens, you know, as we kind of head deeper into winter. Okay, and I, I think there's a distinction there. You said that you guys had hit a record of nearly four hundred thousand yesterday in yesterday's assessment is that was in the atlantic basin right yes yeah that was in the atlantic i think 397 as of today okay so is that it does that have to do with this rush to get ships into europe so i i think it's it's not it's it's kind of disregarding the european piece of course that plays a role but i think it's just generally if you have a vessel you have optionality and what i mean by that is you have an ability to take your cargo if asia is pricing higher you can take it there if europe is pricing higher, you can take it there so just securing that vessel and therefore securing your ability to go where you need to go is very very valuable but i think that that's you know what we're seeing now is the tail end of a run over the last six to nine months, almost since last winter, of where people have looked to secure vessels to make sure they've got that optionality ahead of this winter. Does that answer your, answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in, in heading into the winter, I mean, given the the limited tonnage that, that's out there, I mean, does that maybe mean that it's a little bit more difficult to procure spot cargoes on short notice if you need it? Well, I think you've got to understand these ships are still being deployed, so they're just 
you know, it comes to that point of they're not in the hands of the independent owners, they're in the hands of who would traditionally be charterers. So those charterers, when those cargoes become available, if you have tonnage and you have vessels, you have an ability to, to procure them and, and, and take them where you need to go. I think what's going to be challenging is if you have not secured a ship and you need to come into the market for a vessel, the lack of availability or the cost of those vessels is going to be very difficult for you to be successful in shipping your cargo. And therefore, we may see more sales, uh, FOB sales to those with with shipping. Okay, and I think that that's what I was what I was sort of getting at there, and wanted to make that uh, wanted to make that distinction. Okay, Tim, I think that that is a good place for us to stop. Thanks again for joining us. We really appreciated having you for today's episode. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or bid-week pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.